Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel, where you will receive the essential tools to take your faith to the next level. I am your host, Brian Ratliff, and I currently pastor Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Here is the latest message preached from one of our services. Grab your Bible, pen, notepad, and get ready to jumpstart your faith. Who? The sequel to the 2004 blockbuster will be the biggest film in history, according to its producers and the website. I don't know if it'll actually be the biggest movie in history, but I do remember sitting in the theater watching the original Passion of Christ. I remember the emphasis it had on his suffering as he went to the cross. But I also remember how it highlighted the interaction between Christ and Peter after he denied Christ. I remember how you, you saw this glance of Jesus and Peter and how their eyes met in this glance. The scriptures talk about that in Luke chapter 22 and 61. And this was after Jesus, after Jesus um, and after Peter had denied Christ three times. And it says, And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. Imagine if you're in his shoes and you had denied Christ three times. He was taken away by the soldiers. Peter was scared. And at that moment, their eyes met as he's being taken away. And it says, And Peter remembered the word of the Lord and how he had said unto him before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. Well, the scripture is full of, or we see this idea of people denying the name of Christ throughout scripture. But in our passage, we're going to see the church of Philadelphia. They have a testimony of God that they did not deny his name. So let's look at that in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man open, openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this passage. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this church, this example that we see of those that did not deny your name. Help me to encourage us tonight to have that same testimony. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, when I see Jesus face to face, I want to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servants. But I also want to have the same testimony that this church had. It says this, that it says, I know thy works. Behold, thou hast set before thee an open door that no man can shut. For thou hast a little strength that has kept my word. I want him to say, David, thou hast kept my word. It's okay if he tells me that I had a little strength when it comes to rearing my children. It'll be okay if he says I had a little influence on the young people in the church. It'll be okay if he tells me that you had a little bit of influence on the church when you ministered. As long as he said, thou hast kept my word. 
I want him to understand that I know and believe that, that uh, his word is true from the beginning and every one of his righteous judgments endureth forever. I believe that this book is the words of the living God. And I believe it's Psalms 12, 6, and 7 that thy word is true from the beginning, uh, that the word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. But in Psalms 12, 6, and 7, it says, The words of the Lord are pure words as silver, trodden in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. I also believe the Bible when it, Jesus said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. I want him to say, Thou hast kept my word. But the church not only has that testimony, but it has a further testimony, and it says, Thou hast kept my word and has not denied my name. Right. Now, the Bible has all kinds of names that it uses for Jesus, but I want to mention just the ones in the book of Revelation. In Revelation 1.1, 1, 1, he's called Jesus Christ. In 1.5, he's called the faithful witness. He's called the first begotten from the dead. It's called the Prince of the King of the Earth in 1.5. The Alpha and Omega in 1.8. He which is and was and which is to come in 1.8. The Almighty again in 1.8. He's called the Son of Man in 1.13. It's called He that liveth in 1.18. He that holdeth the seven stars in 2.1. And also He who walks among the candlesticks. He who has the double-edged sword in 2.12. He's called the Son of God in 2.18, where he's also called, He who has his eyes like a flame of fire. He that hath the seven spirits of God in 3.1. In 3.14, the Amen. In 3.14, again, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. And then chapter 5 is called, The Lion of the Tribe of Judah. Again in 5.5, 5, the root of David. And 28 times in the book of Revelation, he's called the Lamb. Wow. The sovereign Lord, holy and true uh, in Revelation 6.10. And in 11.8, he's called Lord. In 12.5, he's called the man-child. In 15.3, he's called the king of the saints. And in 19.13, the word of God. In 19.16, the king of kings and lord of lords. And in 22.16, called the bright and morning star. Well, in our text tonight, he is called, He that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth. He's called all of those in our text tonight. Revelation chapter 3, 7 and 8. All those names of Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you to be one and be a church that does not deny his name. My thesis for tonight is this, that we should be like the church at Philadelphia and not deny the name of Christ in salvation or in action or in doctrine. We should be like the church at Philadelphia and not deny the name of Christ. The first thing I see in this passage is I want to take this passage and kind of wring it out a little bit and see some of these things about denying the name of Christ. And the first thing I see in here is that we should be like the Church of Philadelphia and not deny the name of Jesus in salvation. Here's what the passage says. It says one of his names is he that openeth and no man can shut. That's what it says. He that openeth and no man shutteth. And shutteth, and no man openeth. 
And Isaiah, um, he's also called, I think this ties in somewhat to this, it says called the key of David. In Isaiah 22, 22, uh, by the way, I need to give credit where credit's due, and bro- I was privileged to be in Brother Bill's Sunday school class at the end of the class last week, and um, he, he taught on this passage and showed me this Isaiah 22, 22, which I thought that's going to be easy to remember, Isaiah 22, 22. And it kind of explains this or gives us an understanding of this. It says, it talks about a king disobeying God and a new one being set up. And it says, and the king of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder. So he shall open and none shall shut. He shall shut and none shall open. So it's the idea of the government being on his shoulders to this king here. But I think ultimately with Jesus, it's the picture that he's the only one that can fulfill the prophecies of being from the house of David, and he's the only one that can open the door with this key of salvation. So I would say this, don't deny the name of Jesus in salvation, for he is the only one that can open it, and no man can shut it. In John 10, 9, he said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and go out and find pasture. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. In Acts 4.12, it says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We cannot deny the name of Jesus Christ in salvation. In John 20.31, it says, of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord. You can call upon the name of Brian all you want. He can't save you and bring you to heaven. You can call upon my name all you want, but only the name of Jesus will save you. You can call on your own name as much as you'd like but it will not save you. Might be able to help you out in some situations, but it's not going to save you, your eternal soul. The Bible says in Luke 9, 26, Whosoever shall be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh to the glory of his Father and that of his holy angels. We should not be ashamed or deny the name of Jesus in salvation. Now, I had a uh, discussion or maybe a debate with one of the leaders in the first churches I worked at. And she said it wasn't the name of Jesus, it was the name of the Lord. She said someone could call upon the name of the Lord without calling upon the name of Jesus. Well, I said, let's look at the context of that passage in Revelation, uh, excuse me, in Romans chapter 10. So we went over to Romans chapter 10 to see what it had to say since that's where the passage was. Romans chapter 10, and it says this, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are feet of them that preach the gospel of peace, and bring glad tidings of good things. And then back up just a few verses and see the context of this. 
it says, verse 4, actually verse 3, we go back up. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves under the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. You believe, and then verse 9, if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, thou shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. The name that we must call on for salvation is Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus Christ. And we need to be like Philadelphia and not deny his name in salvation. Now, I also think this... This door that God opens and no man can shut and shuts and no man can open could also be applied to opportunity for ministry. Because I think the church here has done that. They, The church of Philadelphia has opportunity to minister. And I thank God that he can open doors that no one could ever shut. And that he can shut the doors that nobody can open. As much as I would like to open a door that he shut, it sure is good to know that I can't do that. Because all too often, I want to do that, thinking I'm doing it for his glory. Well, the second thing I want to say is don't deny his name in salvation, but also don't deny his name, the name of Jesus in action. Here it says this in verse 8. It says, I know thy works. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. He says, I know thy works. Well, Bill also pointed this out in Sunday school that all the other churches mentioned in the book of Revelation has a condemnation along with it, a negative statement. But the church of Philadelphia doesn't seem to have a negative statement unless you look at um, and say that possibly um, that have a little strength could be negative. But I don't see that as a negative they said, so there seems to be no negative that Jesus brings out here in this passage. But there are some negatives in some of the other churches. Look at uh, chapter 3 in verse 1. At the very end it said, and art dead. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest, and art dead. So it's saying, your name says you're alive, but really you're dead. And then in verse 2 at the end it says, thy works for I have not found thy works perfect before God. And then verse 3, it says, Hold fast and repent, if therefore thou shalt not watch. So that wasn't too good, their works. And then in chapter 2, in verse 20, it says, Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel to teach. And that's the next part. But in verse two, chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Thou hold the doctrine of Balaam. That's a negative. We'll get back to that. But in chapter 2, verse 5, it says, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works. The first works. So all the churches have a condemnation against them, and several have a condemnation against the works that they do. But the church of Philadelphia, he says, I know thy works. I don't think this is just a declaration that Jesus knows what they did. Because we know that Jesus knows all because he is God. And he knows all the things that are true. Young people, there's nothing you can do that's going to be hid from God. You can do some things and hide it from me. You can do some things and hide it from your parents. But there's nothing that can be hid from God. The Bible says the things that are done in secret will be shouted from the rooftops. 
God knows the things that you've done in secret. Titus 1.6 says this, They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient unto every good work, reprobate. You know, the Bible says some things are an abomination to God, like homosexuality and other sins are an abomination to God. That means God does not like them. But it says this, that in works they deny him being abominable. They profess that they know God. Here's what Paul's saying. He's saying and there's a crowd that's going to claim they know God, but completely deny him in their works. Young people, do you come on Wednesday night and say the right things and do the right things, and then Thursday morning you go to school and you deny him in your works? Do we do that, adults? Do we say the right things at church on Sunday night, but then on Monday morning we deny him in our works in front of others that we work with and our co-workers? Do we deny him in our actions? Well, the church at Philadelphia didn't do that. It says they did not deny his name, and the Bible says, I know thy works. And we want to be like the church of Philadelphia and not deny his name in our works. Well, not only should we not deny the name of Jesus in salvation, we should not deny his name in action, but we should not deny his name in doctrine. And all doctrine means is just teaching. Doctrine just simply means teaching. And here he says this, he says, thou hast kept my word. Jesus said, you have kept my word. So you're teaching the right things that God has. And I've already mentioned it before, but I'm still going to go back and mention it again. Chapter 2, verse 20, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calls herself a prophetess, to teach. And then again, in chapter 2, verse 14, that hold... Um, he says, I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling stone before the children of Israel. The other churches are teaching and not keeping to the teachings of Christ. The gospel is to be the central theme in all our Bible teaching. Pastor Brian's mentioned it many times on Sunday morning. Um, that preachers of the old days said, if you're preaching a passage, make sure you make a beeline for the cross. But I would say, let's look at the passage and see how it brings us to the cross. The Old Testament saints were looking forward to the cross. The New Testament saints are looking back to the cross. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, in the volume of the book, it speaks of me. The volume of the book speaks of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. He wrote the book on it. He's the central theme of it. Paul said that without the resurrection, we are of all men most miserable. And 2 Peter 2.1 says, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them and bring them upon themselves swift destruction. False prophets that deny by teaching damnable heresies the very name of Jesus Christ. Well, I'm glad that uh, that glance between Jesus and Peter is not the end of the story. And unfortunately, the original movie, 
the passion of Christ did not tell us about this part of the story. Maybe in the sequel they will, but I wouldn't hold your breath. But you know the rest of the story. Jesus sees Peter after the resurrection and says to him, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, Lord, I love you. And he says to him a second time, do you love me? And Peter says, you know, Lord, I love you. And he says to him a third time, Peter, do you love me? He said, Lord, thou knowest all things. You know that I love you. And he told him each time, he said, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. And some people think the three times he said that was to reinstate the relationship between Peter and Jesus for the three times that he denied him. And the point being is this. If we have not lived a life as of yet, and we are at the point where we know that we'll have that same testimony as the Church of Philadelphia, it's not too late. Jesus will forgive us. Jesus will use us. And he'll use us in the future. But I want to encourage you, young people and adults alike, to be like the Church of Philadelphia. Help us not to deny his name and salvation. Understand he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by him. Not deny him in works. Not claim the name of Jesus. The Bible says, let those who name the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Don't go around calling yourself a Christian and living like the devil. And then thirdly, of course, finally I said, let us be like the church of Philadelphia and not deny him in our teaching. Let Christ always be the center of our teaching. We interpret the stories of the Old Testament, let Christ be the center of our teaching. We interpret the Psalms and the Proverbs and the wisdom books written by Solomon. Let us use Christ as the center of our teaching. And we teach uh, the, the, the Pauline epistles, the pastoral epistles, and the book of Revelation. Let Christ be the center of our teaching. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you and have a great week.